0: From the University of Nebraska-Lincoln's Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team, this is Nebraska Farmcast. I'm Ryan Evans. The monthly Cattle on Feed report produced by the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service provides data on the number of cattle and calves on feed, placements, marketing, and other disappearance. For a look at both critical and supportive opinions of the Cattle on Feed report's usefulness and its implications for risk management strategies, I'm joined now by Elliot Dennis, Assistant Professor and Livestock Marketing Economist here in the Department of Agricultural Economics at UNL. Hi, Elliot.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan.
0: Thank you for coming back. And so let's start with the Cattle on Feed report itself. Can you explain what it is and what it tells us?
1: Yeah, so the Cattle on Feed report is something that's released every month uh, at 3 p.m. on the third Friday of the month. And as you mentioned, it provides a couple of factors cattle placements, marketing, other disappearance, and it's really used as a barometer for how much uh, meat is going to be available in the market in three, six, and even sometimes nine months.
0: Like many reports of this nature, the cattle on feed report does have its proponents and its skeptics. So uh, what do you know about the the basic views that each one of these sides takes on the report?
1: Yeah, so the the whole argument is whether it adds value or not. And so uh, USDA would argue that it does add value because the market uses the information and we see prices move both before and after the report. Uh, Market participants would say that uh, while it provided value in the past, its uh, value is less so. And so maybe USDA should re-channel resources towards something that has a larger impact. Um, I think there's pros and cons to both sides, but uh, there's definitely a value to producers to have a public free resource that the government provides that kind of levels the playing field. Um, if we didn't have the cattle and feed report, we can think, uh, where would we go for information on uh, how many animals are coming to market? And really, we'd, we'd be relying upon uh, a more voluntary system or a, a fee for service system.
0: And we'll get to more about how the USDA evaluates the report themselves. But you've also looked into academic studies of USDA of USDA reports, including the Catalan feed report. So uh, what have those told you?
1: Yeah, so uh, when these conversations come up in kind of the... Um, In the general public, academics are interested to see if there's any base to what they're saying. So a lot of studies have been conducted on various USDA reports. Most of them have been in the grain sector. Uh, But a few have examined the cattle sector, the cattle inventory report, the cattle on feed report in particular. And they found that uh, generally there's been uh, positive impacts. So it would mean that prices do move both pre and post uh, reporting. But really what we see is that it's actually diminished since about 2000. So really agreeing with some of the market participants that uh, the market doesn't move quite as bit. Now there's a couple reasons for that. It could be that uh, the market's just getting better at predicting what USDA is doing, so the market doesn't move as as much. Um, Or it could be that the market just doesn't see as much information there. Uh, And it's important to note that it's not the actual values itself it's whether the market views it as a surprise or not. So if a surprise we generally define as, uh, is it greater or less than what the market expects it's going it to be. And positive market uh, report surprises um, have generally been uh, pre-report versus uh, post-report.
0: So you've been talking about the academic findings related to uh, the Catalan feed report. Why does that matter to the industry?
1: Yeah, so it really is trying to provide what information is going to be available for producers. Uh, What we see is that uh, the industry actually values marketing information from the cattle and feed report uh, more than they value other information. And that's primarily because they believe that the feedlots, based upon what they feed and the rations, can either slow cattle down or speed them up. And so what they're really trying to see is how many animals could potentially come to market. The second most important thing in that report is going to be how long cattle have been on feed for. So we using the information of placements, uh, we can actually see uh, how long cattle have been on feed for. And that those are the two primary things that academics have been really looking at as it relates to the cattle on feed report.
0: Great. And back to USDA, how do they evaluate the impact of their own report? What what are they looking at?
1: Yeah. So a uh, few people actually know that, but USDA does an annual report that's released every spring uh, in April, and they actually evaluate how well they've done that year. And they've been doing this since about 1988. And, uh, what they have found is that the cash price movements are larger, um, after the cattle on report than before, and that these price movements have, uh, become nominally higher, uh, although not statistically different than they've been in the past. Um, They've also found that during supply shocks, pre-report movements um, are larger in the week before the report than after the report. And lastly, when cattle inventory is increasing, those reports, those market shocks tend to be higher. So right now we're in a period of contraction, and so we'd actually expect that the cattle on feed report should provide a little bit less information information. Um, whereas when we're really trying to ramp up demand and cattle are being placed at aggressive rates, we're less certain about how many animals are likely to be placed. Um, so it's important to kind of consider these things that where we're at in the cattle cycle, uh, whether we're talking about the pre-report or post-report, really matters in what we consider the, quote, usefulness of the report itself.
0: And what is that usefulness? What are the implications of the USDA's findings, on the uh, cattle feed report?
1: Yeah, so really what it's trying to show is, uh, does the market react or not? Uh, and it provides some sort of justification. If we see uh, movements pre or post, then what we can say is that the market views that information and then absorbs it. The reason why we don't look at uh, time periods longer before or longer after is because there's a lot of factors that could potentially... Uh, we'd say confound or, or muddy the water between the Catalan feed report, but the week before uh, the Catalan feed is coming out, there's a lot of anticipation on what it's going to say and the week after since it's released on Friday at three there it quickly gets absorbed into the market.
0: Great. And you recently had the opportunity to host Nick Streff with USJ Nas on a webinar here that looked at the Catalan feed report and really did a nice job of breaking it down. And it can probably be intimidating for some people, right? As, as they approach utilizing the report. Uh, so uh, maybe just give a quick plug for, for that webinar, what you discussed with Nick and what people might learn from that.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, when we talk about the Catalan feed report, there's a lot of numbers that are uh, USDA is putting out there. Uh, so we invited Nick Streff, uh, he's the regional director of NAS, based here in Lincoln. He actually, at one point oversaw some of the, the numbers that went into the cattle on feed report. And so he really kind of opened the books per se and uh, showed us what actually goes into the reporting process. How do they come up with the numbers that they have? How do they sample? And then really provided an indication on, you know, what type of questions do we normally get? And all of that's available in that that webinar that you mentioned. There's also an accompanying uh, document that summarizes the webinar and also with the Q&A questions that we had at the end. Um, And we'll just encourage people who are interested in knowing more about the report itself and also an opportunity to get some of those commonly asked questions about the report, uh, some of those answers that Nick provided.
0: Great. And all of those resources are available on our farm and ranch management website, farm.unl.edu. And we will be sure to link to those on this uh, current article that you can read by Elliot on uh, what we're talking about here in this podcast. So Elliot, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ryan. This has been Nebraska Farmcast a production of the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For decision-making tools, articles, podcasts, videos, and more, visit us online at farm.unl.edu.